that they don't want to admit to being wrong. They, they're, they're tied to being right, and by changing directions or changing their mind, they think that it means that they're wrong. But it doesn't actually mean that you're wrong. It just means that you now have new information. Welcome to Think, Act, Get with James Shramko and Ezra Firestone. What you think determines how you act, which results in what you get. So join in now as we discuss how you can think differently, act faster, and get high-performance results in your business. Hi there, listener. Welcome back to another episode of Think, Act, Get. Ezra Firestone here with my partner, as always, James Shramko. James, how are you, man? I'm good, thanks, Ezra. How are you? Man, I am. I couldn't be better. I'm back in New York City after... Uh, an unbelievable amount of travel. I went to Kansas City this weekend and Chicago before that, and before that was our five-week trip. So it just feels good to be home. Yeah, it's nice. When I interviewed a guy when I was away, and he told me he doesn't like to travel at all. He likes just being at home, and he sees other people traveling, and he just loves being a homebody, and I can totally relate to that because when I'm not traveling, I'm a homebody. It's so weird. I go from one extreme to the other, but I'm enjoying being back home too. I have a keyboard, a large screen, fast internet, good microphone. And of course, I have the Pacific Ocean at my front doorstep here, which is beckoning me every day with my newfound hobby. Yeah. You know, and by the way, Shrammels is a surfer. And you know, you have the surfer energy in you. You've got the surfer mentality. So it was just a matter of time before the ocean, ocean called you. Well, I have to thank you for taking me out for my first surf and on a <laughs> reef, no less. <laughs> that was quite the surprise. You said, remember, a, uh, to, remember to fall flat like a pancake. I'm like, why would you do that? It's like, oh, because of the reef. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And I took you out on a sponge, literally a sponge with a plastic bottom. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was fun. Yep. I'm still um, no better, but working on it. Yeah. So let's dig into this episode. Now, We've been running around the edge of this subject for a long time, and it's finally here. It's marketing. So this is the stuff that makes the world go round. This is what decides who wins presidential elections, among other things, what religions flourish and what fail. Most things, in one way or another, come back to marketing. So marketing, what is it? How are you leveraging it? And how is it affecting your business and your life? That's what we're looking at in this episode of Think, Act, Get. Wow, this is going to be a touch point for pretty much every listener. In fact, this whole show is a marketing co- communication device for us as experts in our field. So I'm really interested to see where this goes, Ezra. Yeah, I'm quite excited about this because, you know, what is it really? There's so many resources out there on it. There's so many different ways of going about it. But fundamentally, what is marketing? I believe that marketing is simply moving people influencing a decision that someone makes about anything in their life. Marketing is that thing that influences people's decision. In business, James and I often talk about the five ways you can grow your business. Visibility, right? So getting more people to know that your product or service exists. Conversion, once they actually know about you, getting them to take you up on the offers that you're making. Average order value, once they take you up on that offer, how much are you getting? How big is that actual order that each time they're buying from you? How big is that? Repeat business, so they've found you. They, they did, they've done business with you and now they liked you enough to come back and do business with you again. And then finally, margins, right? So how much does it cost you to supply that service? Those are all forms of marketing. What I want to know, James, is what does marketing mean to you? Well, I think on a simplistic level, I think that marketing is just making sure that a certain group of people know that 
you exist and that you can solve their problem. And I think some of the elements of your definition might you know, border on sales or persuasion, but I think marketing is simply just letting people know that you exist and making it obvious to them how you could solve their problem. Well, you know, I, I like that you said that because later down here in the show notes, I have it that most people believe that marketing is just that visibility component. When they think of marketers, they think of people who can get their product or service seen, people who can generate visibility for whatever it is that they have to offer. And I think it's a little deeper than that. Yeah, well, I think if you like look way, way back, you know, maybe where the origin of the phrase might have come from, and I'm just guessing here, but you know, if you think of an actual markets like fruit markets or the hippie markets with where they sell things on the weekend down at the local village. Much hippie any, markets? You know, in, in, in pretty much any major town's got the weekend the, the, the markets. The hippies? And they're yeah. just a bunch of hippies down there? Yeah, they've got like bandanas and necklaces <laughs> and, you know, and wooden carvings and, and stuff. Yeah. What do you call yeah. them? Folksy people? Well, I mean, I suppose that, Hang on. that we could lump. When we were staying with your f- hippies, were they not <laughs> down at the markets? <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. They were. Okay, so... And did we not go to the markets as one of our field expeditions? We well, did. Yeah, right. We did. So, okay, so hippies and markets, they go together, all right? It's obvious. <laughs> but anyway, if you want to get well, the customers. Well, let's give some context on it. Let's well, get context yeah, you on get the customers. You were staying at my house yeah, yeah. and staying you met house. a bunch of hippies met who a bunch of hippies. happened to also sell things at a market. That's right. And then we were down at the markets and we met one of them and he reached across and he goes, hi, I'm, what's his name? John? That's right. Yeah, That's I'm right. John. And I'm like... Okay, my first reaction is, is this a hawker's technique of the introduction and trying to get me to reciprocate and shake hands and say, oh, hi, I'm James, and then we start talking. Next thing you know, I'm buying all these little trinkets. But then you said, oh, no, I know John. He's with us. I'm like, I get it. But we did see some incredible marketing techniques that we should talk about, like the lemonade stall, which is fascinating. Uh, But anyway, back to it. If you want to connect with a bunch of people, you know that they're going to be at the markets and the markets actually communicate to the local community that they're going to be on at this time and this place. And then all the stallholders um, take their position and they find their place in the market, you know, their stall and they maybe they pay rent or their advertising cost to be present when the community turns up and the audience waves through the market and if they find the right offer or it's attractive or they can recognize that their uh, problem can be solved, then a transaction will take place. So I think it's a great little uh, actual metaphor and possibly you know, part of the foundation of where this word might have come from. I, I think you're right, and I'm, I'm rethinking that because really, what, it, what is it? It's visibility. The market is visibility for whatever they're selling. And it's funny that you talk about that marketplace because that really is what I consider to be a channel. And when I thought about you know, the question that I'm gonna, about to ask you, I'm going to answer myself, which is how am I using marketing in my businesses right now? When I think about how I'm leveraging marketing, it's channels, right? So like, where can you plug in? What resources are already out there that have groups of your potential buyers that you can plug into? In Amazon or in, in, in uh, e-commerce, rather, we use Amazon and eBay and Etsy and Google product listing ads and comparison shopping engines. And in fi- my info business, I use Facebook and Shopify as a channel or speaking engagements and uh, speaking engagements and events are channels for me. So, like, what are the channels out there? that you can plug into. And one of the things that I think uh, is a key to long-term success is being channel diversified. So if we look at your business, 
you've got multiple channels, right? You have your content creation and syndication channel. You have your referral channel, which is like you're being on all the other people's podcasts. Everyone's talking about your content because it's so good. You've got the event channel. You used to run ads. You've now removed that channel. But I think that it's important to figure out what channels you can plug into and what channels your business can plug into. And it's a little bit, the way I look at channels is a little bit different. Like I look at the fact that everyone reads as a channel, right? Everyone is already reading books. So if I do a book club, I can just plug into this thing that's already happening and generate a bunch of engagement around it. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I, you know, I want to, I, I think channels is a great way to approach marketing. That's really how you're connecting with the customer. One of my old mentors used to call it conduits. But, uh, you know, when we ran the Mercedes dealership, he said that we were the conduit between the, the manufacturer and the customer. We were that, the, we were the part, the, the conduit. The what? Conduit, like C-O-N-D-U-I-T, yeah, conduit? Probably call it conduit. I always say conduit. But conduit, like yeah, with a G? It's, okay, conduit, no, no, I got it. Conduit, C-O-N-D-U-I-T. Yeah. Conduit. Conduit. Uh, we join the manufacturer to the customer. We were the bit in the middle and out in a, to the extent that we we're effective of making ourselves known and helping the customers understand how we solve the problem, that would eliminate or reduce the need to actually sell or to hard sell or to push. And you'll notice a lot about my own marketing that and, and this podcast is a classic example of that, that the more effectively we can market the less requirement there is for hard sales tactics. And this isn't an original idea from me. This goes way back to uh, people like Peter Drucker who were talking about this stuff you know, in the 70s. You know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned this podcast because this podcast is a, a very good source of leads for me. Like I just um, had a lead come in who's a listener of this podcast who works for the Australian government and uh, manages prison systems or something like that. And basically, there's all these inmates who are creating uh, products. That's what they do. They, you know, you're in prison and you make these physical products and what they want to do is sell them both to other prisons and to consumers, things like jumpsuits and license plates and uh, furniture and things like that. And so he approached me to have an e-commerce store built out and it's a quite a, a, a big job. It's, it's going to be a big you know, government e-commerce website. But this, this uh, podcast is one of the things that, that – um, positions me as an expert and has people coming to me for that service. And I don't have to sell anything. They came to me ready to buy because of what they knew about me from the information that was out there. That's it. They knew about you and they knew enough about you to recognize that you fit the solution. So that is effective marketing. So the question for the listener would obviously be, how can you connect to your perfect audience in a way that is easy for them to access you and for them to understand how you solve their problem? You know, I want to tell a story. Actually, I want to ask you first, how are you using marketing in your business? I think it's a, a, um, a fun question. Yeah, it's hard for me to process using marketing. I mean, it's probably, if it was word, worded like, how do I market in my business? Yeah, how do, you, how do you market? Like, let's just come a couple of the ways that are like the most recent ways that, because obviously everything we're doing is marketing fundamentally and we're doing a lot, but you can just come up with it. Well, the other part of the business is innovation, <laughs> but... The marketing side of it is, you know, how am I making people aware of what I do? Well, my, my favorite pet one, of course, is podcasting and closely followed by videos. I just find that if I do one piece of content per day and put that on my platform, on my Superfast Business blog or this thinkatget.com site, 
that is a that is enough to sustain my business in fact grow it just that and if i spice that up a little bit with some live appearances at very targeted specific events and i've just done five in a row which sounds like a lot but because it was spaced over a month and it was in different places i was able to hook up to five different audience types so those are my main weapons of marketing and then of course when someone comes to our site then they're going to find some material that helps them move through and to understand how we solve their problems to the point where there's an order tab. So that will be comparison charts, tutorial videos, uh, knowledge bases, etc. So that's how uh, we're marketing. And I also view our service team as marketers. Every time they respond to an inquiry, every time they deal with an existing customer, they have the opportunity to further help a customer understand how we could solve their problem and to connect more customers by creating goodwill and word of mouth. Most people say that we're very responsive and they, you know, the amount of people I get coming to me who were referred by someone else is testimony to that marketing channel. Our own customers are our best marketing channel. I love that you say that. You know, one of the things that you mentioned that I think is key that I leveraged in my services business is, uh, telling people the problem that they have and how you're going to solve it. So a lot of people have services businesses and they're saying, hey, you know, we will do X, Y, and Z for you. Let us do a custom quote. But what I have on my site, and I learned this from how you do your sites, is like here is an actual product. So we make it almost like an e-commerce store. Like this is a product. We offer WordPress websites being built for this amount and you can buy this product. So you have actual products for sale. Of course, yes, you'll do a custom quote for something, but I'm finding that a lot of people come, they look at the products that I offer because I'm getting visibility for my services division from all kinds of different places, my content marketing, my referral partners, uh, promotions I do on Shopify and things like that. And people are purchasing the actual specific products where I have a video explaining exactly what I'll do for them. And I want to tell a story about a mastermind member. So one of my mastermind members. So he had this awesome way uh, for designers to make money and he wanted to know how to market it. This just happened. So the first thing we did was we crafted a message and we did it video style because we believe that, and, and I will test this, but I, we started with video because video often outconverts on sales pages, at least on the test that I run. And we just basically said, these are the benefits. Like designers, you, you know, you're so brilliant, you're artists. And for the most part, the problem that you're having is you don't really have a way to monetize this artistic, monetize your art. And what you want to focus on is your work. Well, we take care of that part for you so that you can focus on your, your passion. We will get the job for you. We just basically laid out the problem that they were having and the fact that we had a solution to it. And then we leveraged Facebook as a component to generate visibility. And then we needed to be able to fulfill on the promise we've made. And the campaign is going very well. So we started with a simple uh, message about the problem they were having and how we could solve it. We added on a, a visibility component, which was Facebook ads, and we had the ability to fulfill on the back end. And I, I look at that as a very successful marketing campaign. Nice. Well, I like the fact that we've got our own platforms and then we take that platform and we market that into the mainstream channels of customers, which will be Facebook, uh, YouTube, iTunes. We're just like putting it out there into the big, rivers of customers but the platform is our own little mini marketplace yes now we have that <laughs> didn't sound very enthusiastic did it well how what, what would you prefer i answer no 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 i i, I was i was um 
I was saying that I didn't sound very enthusiastic <laughs> to your response. Oh, that's okay. I'm used to that. Okay. I'm used to like bewildered <laughs> stares, especially when I speak at an event. People just go quiet and I'm used to that now. It's because the cogs are turning, I'm making them think. Yeah, it was good. Do we want to tell any like war stories from our trips? We haven't had a chat really since we since we've been back. This is the first time we're on a think act get since we've been on our trip. You've been places, I've been places. Yeah, I think we've earned it. I think we've earned it. You know, some people will say, "Oh, you know, you're off topic." That's the whole point of this episode uh, is that that we uh, wanted to cover marketing in general, and what we were doing was essentially a road trip, and it was. It's kind of triggered by the Hawaii retreat for Think at Get. I thought, well, if I'm over that side for that, then I can say yes to speaking at the SEO event. And then, well, if I'm over there for the SEO event and the Hawaii trip, then I guess I could just stay a little bit longer and attend the Entreport event. And I thought, well, if I'm going to be at those two events and I've got a week in between, I might as well accept another event, the one in Mexico. So for me... It was stacking together different markets and each one was – it was really weird but I started with a similar slide deck or concept for each event but I had a completely different wrapper for it depending on the audience. At one event, I was an SEO high-level technical advisor you know, in my peer group. At another, I'm with complete novices and I'm sharing ideas about building your own platform and having – you know, creating real value and becoming an authority in your market and having an asset that you can sell. At the other one, we were doing startups like business teardowns and rebuilds. And then the other one was kind of like an expert in affiliate marketing of all things and talking about some advanced sequences. And that was, again, a completely different audience. So isn't it funny that we can take our core, but we can approach it from a different angle depending on who we're talking to. And what they need. You know, one of the interesting things about my event is we had a hypnotist. And I have never seen a, a real life hip, hypnosis, like hypnosis show. I'm not talking about hypnotherapy where you go into a deep meditative state through breathing and then someone gives you like sort of aspirations and, and motivation. I'm talking like stage hypnosis where people get up on stage and are clucking like chickens. I have never seen anything like this in my life, dude. It was the craziest thing ever. He had people doing some really interesting stuff and it, I tried to pull – so I'd been on stage for three days, right, before we, had, before we had the hypnosis show and I had authority. I'd been the main speaker. People really were enjoying the content. So I really had like a connection with this group of people and he put these people into this hypnotic state at the end where he convinced them four, – four guys he convinced that they were from uh, – a planet called Quibler, and they only spoke Quiblanese or Quiblish. I can't remember which one it was called, but they only spoke Quiblanese. And th- that you know, he had one guy convinced that he could translate between English and Quiblanese. But he he told these guys for the next five minutes, you will only be able to speak Quiblanese. And it was as everyone was leaving, so they were greeting people out the door in Quiblanese. And I walked up to each one of them and I grabbed their hands and I looked in their eyes and I said. If I speak English to you, will you, or if I speak Quiblanese to you, will you speak English to me? And then I went bleep, 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 because Quiblanese was like bleeps and bloops. And there was only one guy that I could pull out. And I was just blown away that I could not, I literally could not pull, I pulled one guy out 
And the other three I could not pull out from that state. And it was, uh, I'm going to rewatch that because it was some really intense NLP and um, I've just never seen anyone have that kind of influence over people in such a short amount of time. Well, you've probably seen people have influence, but maybe not recognized it. (laughs) We could, you know, we'll probably cover this on some other episodes, but I'd say the greater part of the population is walking around in some kind of hypnotic trance and dancing to the tune of the hypnotist. And the hypnotist might take different forms. It could be a little red can with a white swirl that encourages you to drink it. Yep. It could be a uh, it could be a symbolic uh, organization that controls a lot of the wealth on the planet that has very strict rules on being nice and being bad and what would happen to you if you ever step out of line. You know, there's some pretty serious stuff going on out there. And one of the things, the next day he talked all about hypnosis and what it is and how we're all in some sort of state of hypnosis all the time. And, you know, if you take a kid from the time they're zero till seven and you tell them they're never going to amount to anything and they're terrible, or you take a kid and you tell them that they can do anything and they're going to take on the world, like you're literally hypnotizing people all the time, which is why it's really important that you pay attention to what you are saying and how you're acting. Well, it's it's also important what you expose your thoughts to. So that's going to shape how you think, you know, the people you hang around, the material that you read. The ability to question everything is important. And that's exactly what this show is about. What you think determines how you act, results in what you get. So let's talk about marketing for a sec. Where are we up to? <laughs> we're, we're past. <laughs> we're out of our content. We're up at Willpower Wager. Cool. Let's talk about the Willpower Wager. Weekly Willpower Wager. So here we are at the Weekly Willpower Wager. What does marketing mean to you? That's what we want to know. So many people in our community have such different viewpoints on the subject and what it means. And we want to know what it means to you. That's the wager for you this week. Just come and comment and let us know what marketing means to you and in your business and how you're using marketing. Like share a little bit about how you're leveraging marketing and what you think it is. Yeah, and perhaps make a comment about your favorite channel. Which sort of marketing channel do you like to receive information in, whether it's a podcast, whether it's um, text, whether it's videos, whether it's um, something else that we haven't mentioned? Do you buy the newspaper still? It's really interesting to me to know what channel is effective for your field. Mm, That's a good point. How are you consuming information? I'm very curious about that. Cool. Moving into our news and updates, we are accepting voicemails through SpeakPipe. Hop on and give us a call. We will play you on the air and answer your questions or respond to your comments. You're also welcome to leave a comment in iTunes. FastWeb Formula 5 in Sydney, March 19th to the 21st. It's going to be crazy. You should definitely come down. If you missed FastWeb Formula 4, um, one of the things that that I learned is that James really puts a lot into his events. It's mo- it's so much more than just a marketing event. It's really a community gathering, and it includes dinners and um, I don't know all kinds of other really fun stuff. There's sw- usually some sort of swag given out, and it's just uh, yes, we do talk a lot about marketing, and yes, we do pay a lot of attention to the different ways that are working specifically on how to grow your business, but it's more than that. It's really a place to come together with your community and hang out and um, grow as a person. Yeah, and we've got some cool things lined up at this. I think you're coming back, aren't you? I will be the, I'll be there for three weeks ahead of time. I learned my lesson last year <laughs> when I came for four days. <laughs> so, what are you going to talk about at this event? Well, I've, I've sent you the title. It's called... No, I, I know what it is. I just okay. wanted to listen to <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> How to Get More from Your Store. 
e-commerce innovations. I'm doing a lot in the e-commerce world, and that's um, you know one of the one of the pieces of news is that I have I have new clarity in my business. This information marketing and uh, mastermind and services side of my business really started as a side business for me, something fun, and and I need to keep it that it's going really well and it's blowing up and it's being a lot of fun. But I have two new skincare brands that are launching. I have a dropship component that's cranking along nicely. I've got boom, like I've got a lot going on in the e-commerce side of, of my business. And I've um, recently decided, you know, when we were in Hawaii, we were talking about what I was going to do as far as a lower level introduction to being able to work with me. So the way that you have Fast Web Formula and then the Mastermind Silver Circle, I was going to open up a smart marketer access is what we were calling it, and then Blue Ribbon and my services division. But what I've decided is that I'm so happy with how the services business is going and how fast it's growing. And I'm so happy with how Blue Ribbon is going. And like I really love those two products and those two businesses. And I'm really enjoying those. And I don't actually want to add on any more to the information or content marketing side of my business. Those are the two products I have a services agency where I do design and development for e-commerce and a mastermind that's geared around e-commerce. And my e-commerce businesses themselves are going really, really well and require more of my time if I want to innovate there, which is what I've been doing lately. And it's been feeling really good. And I'm going to share things at Fast Web Formula 5, things that I'm learning about YouTube and Etsy and Amazon and Shopify and you know, uh, e-commerce conversion and what's working right now. And just it's, it's, I've got some really cool, exciting stuff going on in the e-commerce side of things that I'll be sharing um, with folks at Fast Web Formula. Cool. And I'll be sharing some latest updates in my business. Um, I love that you're refining your model lineup to be really aligned with where you want to spend your energy and that you understand that saying no to something gives you more yes for something else. And uh, we, we always hear this uh, expression, you know, we're leaving money on the table. Well, you might reach out to grab the money in a low-level membership and leave all the money for the high-level stuff. So I think that's a really intelligent thing that you're doing. It's very disciplined and with, with an awareness of how much you have on your plate already, I think that's really smart. So uh, we're also going to be hearing about conversions. We're going to be talking about podcasts. We're going to uh, have a a few people actually on, on the conversion funnel optimization side of it because that's where you can really get a business stretching bigger than what it is now. And I'm also going to tackle some of my sweetheart topics that I always like, like profit and leverage. So lots to learn. And each year that we run this event, there's more happening in my business in terms of um, you know what I've learned, what I've refined, what I've implemented that I always share with the community. And that's going to be on the beach here at Manly or one, you know, on the road next to the beach here. <laughs> so locked in, loaded. It'll be on the 20th and the 21st of March in Sydney. If you're in Silver Circle, then it'll also be the 19th. If you want to apply for Silver Circle, then let me know, but you will need to be already making some money in the field that you intend for me to help you with. I don't take startups. So what's happening in your business, Ezra? Well, I, I just mentioned it, smartmarketer.com forward slash products if you want to check out some of the different products that I'm offering, uh, mainly e-commerce focused. And uh, if you need help, if you need an e-commerce store built, I am the guy to see. And and I just said, man, I'm, I've got focus. I've got clarity. Things are going so well. And I'm just um, very thankful to you in particular for that. But, uh, but yeah, that's what's happening for me. Um, anything from you that's not on our list of news and updates? Besides the fact that you are surfing, uh, yeah, no. You know, we should say yeah. we should say that uh, that 
somebody's father might be on this show sometime soon. Yeah. Yeah, well, someone suggested after we had our mums that we bring the the dads. So we're going to put together a show with our dads and uh, we're going to tackle some topics and what, you know, we may discover some of our tendencies or or habits now have been implanted there from our upbringing. You may see so. It was surprising to me when I got some little uh, notes from my dad about what he'd like to talk about. So there you go. That's a, that's a bit of news. Let's go on to our uh, – oh, You know, it was, a, it was a trip. All right, all right. We can move on. Well, it was just a trip. I had my mom and my dad and my aunt come to this event and speak. And, you know, they're used to doing courses, right? They, they do courses all the time, but they usually do them in intimate gatherings of 5 to 20 people. And so this was a, a room full of 400. And uh, it was just really fun to be on stage with them and, and – I'll have to tell you more about it offline, but it was it, it was a pretty fascinating experience. And you know, people really resonated with them in a way that I wasn't sure they would. I was really worried. You know, it's like okay, you know, people are going to see my. It's it's very it's exposing a lot, right? Bringing my family up there, and and what if they don't like them? And so it was just a, it was a big uh, it was a big it was a big risk that ended up paying off. Yeah, having having lived with uh, some of your clan, I think that that you could be proud of them. They're good people. Well, thank you, sir. All right. Let's move on to our comments. We have four brand new iTunes five-star reviews. Right. So we've got Philosophy of Life and Business by James Schramko by Jonk Jonk from Australia. Is that a comment? That's a comment. Basically, cool. he says, I'll, I'll take I that. love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's five stars. I, I, no, I think, I, think, I, think he says, I think he says, I love this. In his other podcast, James shares some amazing practical tips. Now he shares some philosophy and life tips. Ezra Firestone is also a badass. I enjoy listening to it. <laughs> uh, see, that's, that's the Ezra influence coming out of me. Uh, thanks, oh, Jonk. Awesome. Jonk. Uh, so there we have uh, So True, another five-star rating by uh, LED357 <laughs> from the United States. Interesting topics, good information, two different viewpoints. I feel inspired by each episode and look forward to the next. Thanks so much. Is it? You know who it is? That's actually Laura Lee Dominguez. Yeah, I like that we can take different viewpoints on stuff. You know, from time to time we'll take a different position on stuff and that's part of the show, that little bit of tension that we can create coming at it from a different angle. Well, it's good to have a devil's advocate, you know. It's good to it's good to like the whole point is that we don't I mean, in some cases that we don't that we come from different backgrounds and that we have, you know, I've got uh, this Facebook group. This is changing the subject a little bit that uh that people are joining on the back end of the brown box formula and every now and again someone will put something in there that contradicts something that I uh taught them and I will respond by saying, "Yes, this contradicts it and here's why I believe I'm right." And people are really hesitant to post that kind of stuff. And I'm always like, look, I don't, I don't, I'm not angry if you contradict what I think. Like it's, this is the point is that we talk about what's happening and we all bring up what we think about it. So I think it's good. All right. So Jiro, Jiro Morishita says, so engaging. James and Ezra form a perfect match. Both have a unique perspective and blend in so well. This podcast gives a listener new dimension into their way of thinking. Additionally, each topic is well thought out and simply fun to listen to. Thank you, Jira. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you, Jira. And a lot of the topic suggestions actually thought out by our listeners, which makes it pretty relevant. Uh, we have another five-star rating, Kudos by Kath Go, 1950 from the United States. 
Thanks so much, James and Ezra, for your tag podcast. I only found out about tag a month ago, so I'm still catching up. That's why I'm posting this review in mid-August on episode 15. I've been listening to them all in order from the beginning, although I have to admit that I did listen to the sex episode as soon as it aired. <laughs> I think that's, that's pretty common, actually. What a recipe. Mix good advice, great resources, wisdom, experience, challenges, and practical tips. Serve it up with humor, humanity, honest, and humility, and friendly banter for a tasty brain salad that truly inspires. Good job. Dude, she, she just called it a brain salad. Well, I was going to say that would fit with your vegetarian uh, leaning. Dude, I've been having I, this is going to be crazy for all of our listeners, but I think I should come out of the I think I should come out of the closet on this one. I have been I have included both fish and eggs into my diet and uh, I feel really good. It feels really good. It's it's pretty incredible. One of the things that I noticed was that when I included fish and eggs in my diet, I cut significantly down. I cut down significantly on the grain, right? I was, I was eating a lot of grains. I was eating grains with every meal. And uh, since I've included fish and eggs, I've been eating much less grains and I feel a lot better. So just an interesting thing. And, and this is one of the things that I was actually a little insecure about sharing this and a little embarrassed because I've been such a hardcore vegan for so long that a lot of times when you make a change, you can have a hard time thinking that you'll be judged for changing your mind or that somehow every, you know, what you were doing before was bad or wrong. And it's just uh, to come out and feel good about a change that you're making is not an easy thing to do. And I didn't – how long when – was, when was the time we had fish together, Shram? Was it Australia? Yeah, that would have been – yeah, June. Yeah, so it was June. And it's taken me July, August, till September, October to feel good enough about my new decision to actually want to share it. So interesting, interesting, interesting. Well, I'm, you know, I think it's great. And look, you've made big shifts before. You've gone from eating God knows how many bananas in one sitting to, <laughs> you know, a more – interesting meal and you know that's one of the biggest things i observed living with you was how different our diets are and i guess i represent more of the majority of the population uh, by having meat and stuff i don't know what the stats are but you know uh, the main observations were how difficult it is to have particular eating requirements in terms of logistics and the amount of effort you have to go to to get a meal uh, that for me, that's a deal killer. <laughs> but having eggs and fish, that's going to open things up for you, man. That's that's good. I'm really pleased to see it, and I bet you have a lot of long burning energy as well. I really do. I really don't have to eat as much. And one of the things that that I pride myself on is being willing to switch directions when I get new and better information. And a lot. And the reason why a lot of people don't want to switch directions when they have new information is they don't want to admit that they that there's something that they don't want to admit to being wrong they they're they're tied to being right and by changing directions or changing their mind they think that it means that they're wrong but it doesn't actually mean that you're wrong it just means that you now have new information and you're acting upon that new information i think it's a um the defining character of a successful entrepreneur is the ability to switch directions quickly yeah and you know here's me uh blending up kale and uh carrots and an apple thinking that's just normal now it's amazing so bonnie (laughs) it really is i'm so happy to hear it we've i think we've rubbed off on each other pretty well even in the in the diet department right because i had fish i for the first time i think with you i think you were just like look dude time time to have a piece of fish (laughs) i don't (laughs) remember how you did it but you did it um okay bonnie on attitude she says well hi there i've just landed from a flight from honolulu to sydney 
Prior to boarding, I threw it out to my social network that I needed some material for my flight and was pointed in the direction of your podcast. Thank you, Travis Jones. Well, after spending nine straight hours listening to Think, Act, Get, I'm now episode, ep, up to episode 11 and eager to listen to the next 20. I can happily say that this is one of my best recommendations I've ever been given. Not only have I taken about six pages of notes, but I've found myself giggling away and utterly intrigued and entrenched in your podcast. Keep up the good work, guys. I'll be spreading the love. Well, that's a really lovely comment slash testimonial, Bonnie. Thank you so much. That is nice. And Bonnie, you know, uh, I was on a flight from LA to Sydney recently and the guy beside me was, uh, it seemed like a really nice guy and he had his headphones on, but every few minutes he laughed at uh, this show that he was watching comedy. He was on a comedy channel and every few minutes it was like, <laughs> like everyone was looking at him thinking, does he know he's got headphones on? I mean, like, after 14 hours, it just got a little bit much, but I'm sure that uh, you, on a nine-hour flight, well, it's already not so bad, and hopefully you were, you were um, you know, polite to your neighbors. You want to know something that I learned on, on my recent, you know, we've been flying a lot lately, right? Mm, and I what do. I realized, yeah, you know that, that, um, you know, one of the things that makes you so exhausted after flying is the fact that it's so loud. It's a different kind of noise that you're subjected to on a flight. It's a steady, it's a very steady sort of shaky, loud noise that's hard for you to actually hear. But if you get a pair of noise-canceling headphones and you wear those during your flight, you will be Two times, you'll have two times the energy after you fly. You do not get sucked dry because your ear is not subject to this sort of constant vibration. It's really an incredible discovery I've made, and I will never take a flight again, knock on wood, without noise canceling headphones. It really made a huge difference for me. Yeah, well, they come standard in business class, but uh, I got to tell you, I got absolutely shafted on my last flight. <laughs> my, my status points were about 1,000 points short of the 70,000 I needed just by some quirk and they rejected my business upgrade and it was devastating. It was no recourse, nothing I could do about it. Even though I've got oodles of points, I transferred some immediately but there was no coming back from that so I learned my lesson. Going to check those points before you fly. Got to do it. All right, uh, Volker, hey, terrific podcast. Thank you. Maybe this could be a topic, how to develop the habit of winning. I'm suggesting this because it seems that perfectly intelligent individuals keep losing because they were told they are losers. Well, we kind of covered that with a hypnotist, right? That is, that is a very good point. This is on the culture episode. You know, uh, I, I don't know if perfectly – I mean, I guess perfectly intelligent people keep losing because they were told they were losers. But that's the whole point of this show is that we're telling you that, you're, that you can do it and that you have what it takes and that you're right just the way you are. And I think how to develop the habit of winning is to really develop the habit of approving of where you are and continually innovating. A quick technique is to reflect back a few years. Think about how much of a loser you were then compared to now and then accept that you've made progress and that you're now a winner and then use that moving forward. Absolutely, it's a good. It's a, it's it's an interesting topic, Volker. We will. Uh, I'll put it on our list, and uh, perhaps we will do it at some point. Pete on the culture episode says, "Hi, James. I'm loving the podcast so far. I'm powering through from episode one. And by the way, I just want to say." Um, a year ago, January or 10 months ago, when we first started this podcast, James said, don't you worry, 
of uh, 10 months or a year from now or a year or two from now is when these episodes are really going to be doing us the most, having the most benefit for us because people are going to be working through the back catalog. Sure. And it seems like every, every comment is saying that. So you were a bit clairvoyant on that one. No, no, not clairvoyant. I just have, you know, had two other podcasts. <laughs> well, that's clairvoyance, right? You've got a little information. And so you can predict the future based on what you see now. I'm powering through episode one, and that's how they do it. And I'm currently halfway through episode 15. In episode 14, you ask listeners from the UK to send you a screenshot of your UK iTunes podcast review. There's a po- product out there called CommentCast, which allows you to monitor all your iTunes reviews across all countries. It was recommended by the guys on the Lifestyle Business Podcast ages ago. Yeah, and that's where we heard about it too ages ago and I think that's what you're using to get these screenshots now. <laughs> that's exactly it. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, We're on Pete. the same we are, page. We have, we have sorted time that one out. Worked. Yeah. Uh, Sean, on confidence, thanks for this podcast. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I've been exposed to so many bad internet marketing courses that had been scams. I know, James, that your suite of products is awesome and have experiences firsthand and look forward to eventually doing more. Ezra, I'm looking at doing your brown box formula and seem to lack the confidence due to lack of my overall internet experience. Can a novice do this? Yes. The whole point of the brown box formula, I really I broke down each module and I said, okay, here's what I'm going to teach you in this module. Here's how it applies in the context of where we are in this particular subject, for example, in the context of the subject of building your website, here's where we are in the history of that thing. When I started, it was like this. Now we have this technology, which makes it like this, and here's how you do it. So I really started from A to Z on each topic that I wanted to cover, and I, I made so that it was relevant for beginners and advanced people. The, the advanced people generally skip the context ep, uh, intros because they know, they understand the context. But if you're a novice, my course is absolutely perfect for you because it really breaks down how to do this, what all this stuff means from an e-commerce dropshipping perspective. So I don't think the fact that you're inexperienced should matter. I've got quite a few inexperienced folks who are posting rave reviews and have had their first sales. And so, um, yes, you can. Cool. And Carol's back on the culture episode. Hi, guys. Thoroughly enjoyed this episode and can relate to observing the marketing practices of others when I'm out and about. I look forward to one day going to a live event to meet other like-minded folks in a unique culture as I'm sure I'd glean much. Well, Carol, I hope you can come to Fast Food Formula 5. Pleasantly surprised you like my rendition of the weekly willpower wager. Thank you. Carol, you are awesome. In fact, you're one of the very few, perhaps the only one who submitted (laughs) a contribution. We've got so much traction now. (laughs) It's pretty humbling. But, you know, you're in it and you win it. Yeah, you do. You're you're winner, winner, chicken dinner. We love you. Thank you. David on the guest episode says, hey guys, great podcast as always. Yes, I've been relatively quiet since about episode three, but I've not missed one since. I just want to let you know about an event that's happening up here in Newcastle, just a little north of Sydney. It's called the Dig Festival, digitalfestival.com.au, focused on digital technology, startup, social media uh, world. Um, it's kind of modeling itself after South by Southwest, but the Australian context. It's in early October. Just thought this would be of interest to your audience and yourselves. Would love to see you there. I do post this only on the. In- I do post this only in the interest of helping everyone, and I'm not directly involved in the organization of this event. Cheers, David. I think we missed it. Yeah, and you know, uh, it's really nice that David is finding a resource that could be useful for listeners. Oh, you know what? That's a good point. If you've got a resource that you think would be useful to our listeners, please let us know about it. And uh, a lot of the cool resources that that I find come from blog subscribers or people who message me on Facebook who happen to come across something. So don't assume that we already know about it. If you find something cool, let us know. Yeah. 
Stefan on the networking episode. Just have to say thanks for this week's willpower wager. So effective in its own simplicity. I did take action and it had great effect. People react to it and I've only seen positive reactions from it. So big thanks, guys. There you go. Stefan is putting in the willpower hard yards and getting the results. <laughs> he, you know, the one that he did was on the networking episode where we told them to uh, put some attention on someone else mm-hmm. and ask them some interested questions and see yep. what happens. There you go. And, and people are interested in people who are interested in them. That's right. And isn't that, isn't that interesting? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so, so there's a little knee slapper there. Um, here we are at the Think About It section of the show. Are you keeping this one, James? Are you keeping this quote? Uh, I don't understand that quote. You know, this is by Joel Osteen. Do you know who Joel Osteen is? No. Nope. Joel Osteen is like the most... Um, famous and effective like pasture uh church guy he's got like a a following of millions of people he's on primetime tv in the midwest and he he runs he runs he's basically sells christianity but what he what his quote is to me we're marketing hope and i think it's just a fascinating quote because he's one of the most brilliant marketers in all of religion he's got a huge following he's He's a brilliant, brilliant marketer. If you watch his stuff from the marketing alone, it's interesting. Um, I'm not into the religion part of, or the you know Christianity or whatever, but but I do find him to be a fascinating marketer. And uh, he says that we're marketing hope, which I think is a very interesting thing. And it's one of the things that a lot of the I am people kind of prey on is hope. You know, hey, someone hopes that they can they can make it, and hope is a very effective tool for marketing, and it's something to to consider um, using in an ethical way. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I want to do a different quote. So uh, I'll let, let you do your quote and then I'll come back and uh, double up. You, you, can, you can take mine over. Mine was, I, I didn't even agree with mine in the first place. So I don't mind your um, quote, uh, although I've, all right, uh, all right. it's very similar to one of my other favorite quotes. All right, I'll say it. I'll say it. Business only has two functions marketing and innovation. Uh, I, and that's by Milan Kundera. Now, I agree that you need that, that. To have a very successful business, the two things you need are marketing and innovation. I just don't agree that that's, those are the only things that a business should stand for. I think that uh, a business should have some greater service um, than just selling the products that it's selling. But hang on a second. If a business is not profitable and it's no longer in business, then it can't serve on any other level. Well, it's got, I mean, that's what I'm saying is it's got to be profitable. It's got to be making money. But I believe that beyond that, that you should have some other way of contributing, in my opinion. Okay, but if you look at the slightly extended version of that, which is normally attributed to Peter Drucker, he adds all the rest are costs. Explain. Business only has two functions, marketing and innovation. All the rest are costs. Well, that's fine. That's, I, I, I disagree. Right, so this though. Milan guy from the I 20s. Or is Milan a guy or a girl? Anyway, from the <laughs> 20s. The, the main functions of the business are marketing and innovation. Right. Without that, you're not going to be profitable. That's right. So it doesn't matter if you have any other goodwill or contribute to society goal. You can't do it unless you're profitable. That's correct. So they're the two. They're the two functions. All but right. I get what you're saying. Okay. We're probably talking about the same thing. I think we are. But it, interestingly, Drucker's version and you know, Drucker did a lot of discussion around not-for-profits on the idea that if a not-for-profit can can be um, you know, run properly, then the profit companies, you know, the the commercial companies should be able to learn a lot from them because they don't really have much to sell except 
for a good idea or a serving notion. They don't. They're not not so much uh, selling widgets. Yeah, kind of kind of lost me on that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, the truth of the matter was, I'll tell you the truth. The truth of the matter was that I had my Facebook popped up on my page and they have this new little thing on my fan page that says pages to watch and it allows you to um, basically add five pages where you can track how many likes those pages are getting so that you can keep up. This is Facebook's own words. So basically, they've gamified likes on your page they're trying to make it a competition and a game where you add right at the top of your fan page other pages that are similar to you and they will suggest some for you and you can watch how many likes they're getting and you can try to keep up with the joneses so they've basically gamified likes which i think is fascinating yeah gamification is going to be big all right so i'll just join on with another drucker okay Uh, get in there there'll always be one can assume a need for some selling, but the aim of marketing is to make selling superfluous. The aim of marketing is to know and understand the customer so well that the product or service fits him and sells itself. Does that is that all part of the quote there? That's that's a whole chunk there. I was just I'm quoting half a book. That guy's oh, that's good. That's a really that might be one of the better ones I've heard, dude. But if you think about stuff like Apple or Mercedes Benz, but that's you know if you think about the products that we love and that we just want to buy. You don't have to be hard sold to buy a Big Mac or an Apple iPhone. Like you want it. They've identified this thing's going to be exactly what you need, and they've they've told you about it. You know you can go and get it here. You turn up, you say, "I want," you know, "I want two. and they say, "No, sorry, you can only have one." <laughs> oh man, yeah, you're right. You're right. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> what what's going on? It just uh, it's just it's a long story, man. I have to send you a picture later. But basically, um, again, you were this is so rude. You were talking and you were you were making some very good points. You were you were you were. I basically asked you to elaborate on the quote that you had just given. You went into doing it and then you completely lost my attention again. It was a terrible thing to do as a podcast partner. Oh, I need to. I just need to improve my ability to keep your attention. Do you want to know how I'm going to do that? I, uh, yes, I'm very curious. Marketing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, open up curiosity loops and not close them until until we're done. No, we're finished now, right? We're at the summary. Well, no, we're at the tag tips, which is oh, uh, tag tips. Okay, yeah. So my tag tip really is, you know, look, pay pay attention to someone. Try try to notice someone else and see what happens. One of the interesting things that That's so ironic. Well, I know it's really funny that I'm saying this now after completely ignoring everything that you were saying. <laughs> but James, remember when you noticed the woman's cataract? Remember when I noticed? Yes. So I was sitting down with this gal uh, just to to uh, to tea. First time I'd met her. She's on my email list, and uh, I said, "Hey, you know, are you a motorcyclist?" And she said, "Well, how did you know?" And I said, well, you're, you're wearing a motorcycle jacket. And she said, wow, you know, no one ever notices that. And she was very flattered uh, at the fact that I noticed that thing about her. And one of the things I noticed about you is that people are often flattered that you notice such minute details about them. Like you can see that they wear contacts or I don't know how you do that when you've got supervision, but you know what I'm talking about here. I do. Yeah, well, that, that's it. It's like this lady's never had anyone talk to her about it. And it's it. If you know someone with a cataract, you can sometimes spot it. It's like a little robotic glisten in the eye, and you know it can lead to a discussion about how it's got that nice little twinkle. It makes them feel good about something that they might have built up a bit of a foible against. You know, they're they're usually um, 
a little bit self-conscious about it. This lady was quite elderly. It's not like I'm trying to pick her up or anything. I just wanted to, you know, I was just sitting there chatting to her. She was actually the mother of the lemonade stand people and was talking about the lemonade. She was telling me which one was her favorite drink and, uh, you know, I was talking to them about how good the lemonade was and finding out more about the background of the business. We don't have the same lemonade in Australia that you have in the United States. So it's really the whole lemonade business metaphor is not so much uh, understood here. I think we understand it, but we don't do it. We don't have kids out on the lawn selling lemonade because we don't make lemonade. What do you make? Uh, I think kids are generally just like hocking off junk, <laughs> you know, like a garage sale or something. <laughs> we, we don't make, we just don't have that same drink with the squeezed lemons and sugar and water. Yeah, yeah. You ask for lemonade here, you're going to get Sprite or 7-Up. What's your tip, James? My tip is to try something new uh, with your marketing, of course. At the moment, I'm celebrating the hard, steep learning curve of a new sport of surfing. I know that uh, you know there will be some struggles. I've got to learn new stuff. I could be embarrassed in front of others. I could injure myself or others. I've already run someone over, for example. Um, <laughs> you know, there will be some carnage when you start something new. But a real entrepreneur is going to be fearless about that and accept that that's part of the deal. So try a new marketing channel that might result in some failure. That might result in some embarrassment. That might result in a real humbling of your uh, ability but that's how you cut through that and that's how you get to go to the next phase which is the really good part that a lot of people miss out on because they just don't stick with it. Absolutely and, and I just want to throw in there if you want to get good, if there's one thing that if, if you haven't already learned Facebook advertising, check it out and see if it fits your business because what Facebook offers us is something that I thought four or five years ago I would never get as an advertiser, which is multi-data point contextual advertising. The amount that we know about the people that we're targeting on Facebook with our ads is absolutely incredible. And I'm seeing this work for direct response physical product ads, for direct response Facebook ads to webinars. I, obviously, Facebook ads, I'm talking about Facebook. But um, I'm, I'm seeing Facebook work so much for so much more than just building a community. I'm seeing it work for direct response, literally having targeting someone with, with multiple data points, which Facebook allows us to do, and having them take a direct response, a purchase of a product, a registration for a webinar, an opt-in. Like You really can do this. And if there's one visibility source that, I, that you should get good at, in my opinion, it's Facebook because I think it's the future. I think it's, the only, I think it's only going to continue. To, they're only going to continue to have more information on us and uh, check it out. And also oh. our, our friend Jen has some great training on it. What is her web? Do you know her site? Uh, Jen is fbadslab.com. There you go. Cool. All right. So there you go. We've been talking about marketing and uh, you know we've had our various definitions of it. We've talked about where it fits in relation to sales and we've even given you some metaphors about the actual markets and we've given you a challenge to try and define it. Perhaps tell us about what marketing channels you use or work well with you and to go out there and try something new, even though you might fall flat on your face or run someone over. And thank you so much for taking some time to hang out with us and, and participate in this show. We don't see you as passive listeners. We feel like you're a part of the show and um, you spending time with us really means something and, and we appreciate you. This has been another episode of Think, Act, Get with James Schramko and Ezra Firestone. 
For more tips and tutorials on how to grow your business faster, visit thinkactget.com and join the newsletter. It's free.